0: Why are so many people critically dismantling the understanding of what it means to be a Christian? Christian deconstructionism on this slice of fresh bread. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Keith. Well, thanks for clicking on Fresh Bread. Fresh Bread, where we're bringing the truth of God's word to a starving world. This is Fresh Bread Podcast forty-seven, and today we're going to be talking about deconstruction. This isn't a like a building project. I know you're a,
1: I'm an engineer. Engineer,
0: so no, this is something that's been going around, and maybe some of you have heard it. Some of you have. If you haven't heard it, it's probably a good thing. But it's really all over the uh, internet. If you've got the what the kids call TikTok you're probably going to see some of that you're going to see some of that uh, displayed on there where where we have people who are claiming to be Christians and they come out and they say that they are backing away from the faith that some of them are actually leaving the faith but some of them say we're not leaving the faith we're just trying to figure out what's true and well anyway we'll get into this it's it's a hodgepodge of excitement and fun it's called christian deconstruction ism I, I guess it's the Christian deconstruction movement is what it's officially called so I'm Pastor Keith he's Pastor Brandon that was a long introduction wasn't it it was so Pastor Brandon how you doing I'm doing well so <laughs> what is this Christian deconstruction movement what, 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 let me hear what you think uh, about it
1: well I think you you, you basically described it in, in your introduction I mean it's um, you know some people are you know they they have a, a belief you know a system of belief. You know that would that you could call Christian, and they are, you know, they they've proclaimed faith, and it's you know some people it's become a, basically a demonic faith, and you know not a true faith. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of James two, you know the demons believe and they shudder, and so it you know they've come to realize that they that you know they don't believe at all any of the things that they've said they believed in the past. And so they, they're deconstructing and moving on. You know, That's Josh nice. Harris was, was, uh, you know, he, he would be an example of that where I mean, he would probably be the best example that I know of, of someone in, you know, recent history who has turned away from the faith and, you know, has proclaimed the faith. There was another guy back in the past that was uh, around the time of Billy Graham. I, I don't remember his name, but you know, he, he preached the gospel and was kind of seen as a, as a Billy Graham kind of type of guy.
0: Yeah, that was Charles Templeton.
1: And he just completely walked away from the faith and basically said, I'm not a Christian anymore. Most of the time, those things are tied to sexuality, you know, whether it be walking away because, you know, you've found a, a woman that you, you know, that's not your wife or you've, you know, homosexuality is a big problem, you know, becoming uh, homosexual uh, you know, well, committing the homosexual sin, and so they end up. You know, it does not. They realize it's not compatible. Those things are not compatible with belief, and and they choose. You know, those things over, over believing in Christ. But you know, ultimately, they didn't. They never had uh, a true faith, and it was a demonic faith that was being acted out. And then you have the other ones that you know where they they're considering the things that they've learned in the past and. They, the things that they know of, that they believe to be true. And, you know, they're, they're reconsidering everything in light of wherever they're at at the moment. It's interesting. Uh, I think before we came on, I told you, you know, Lecrae would be an example of a guy like that where, you know, he, he went through a really difficult time questioning a lot of things, especially with him. It was more, it was the George Floyd thing, if I, if I recall, you know, and the reaction in the church to the George Floyd uh, situation in in Minneapolis, and so, mm. and how that was responded to in churches and things like that, and so it along with the racial issues, you know, it began to make him question, you know, what what's true and what's not. Now with Lecrae, I, I watched a video a few weeks ago where he he is saying, you know, look, I'm back. I, I had to go through this, you know, this period of time. You know, I wouldn't say he's necessi- He, I don't think he would say he's necessarily back to where he was before, but he feels like he's in a better place. Now, I don't know, you know I'm not making a judgment of whether or not Lecrae is a Christian. I, I, I was encouraged by some of the things that he said in that video. There were some things that I was discouraged about, and so I'm, I'm hopeful for him. You know, Josh Harris, on the other hand, c- completely walked away from the faith, not living for Christ you know that's you know he's he's gone completely. So, I mean, and and there's a you know there's been especially in it seems like the Christian music world. There's a lot of these guys that are doing this, and I would say it's probably because you know the that they have come to realize that you know what they're pursuing is all about money and fame and and fortune, and they recognize that it's that it's incompatible with Christianity, and so they're they're coming to a point of of they have to make a they have to make a decision and you know whether it well it's like the rich young we went through the money podcast last time we talked about the rich young ruler you know walking away from the lord because he had much you know he had much fame or much fortune much property i guess is ultimately what it said yeah i mean the rich young ruler walked away i mean because of owning many properties and i think a lot of these guys are are getting to the point where they recognize that you know, that there's not a lot of there's only a hair difference between what's happening, you know, on the, in a Christian music industry versus what's happening in a, you know, just a secular situation in terms of, you know, how they're pursuing things. And so I think that it's causing some of these guys to to really think through their faith and make a decision whether or not, you know, they're, tr- they're a true follower of Christ. And so I think that's why you're seeing so much of that in that in that realm.
0: I don't, here's the thing I don't understand about this whole thing is that, okay, it doesn't mean that they're leaving the faith, but they're, they would, and this is their words, and we kind of touched on this at the very, very, very beginning, but deconstructing their faith to what's true to them. But how do we know what's true to us if we're in a sinful state? You know what I mean? When you're trying to, you're trying to work through that, how does, how does that work? How can we know that what the Bible says is true if, if we don't believe what the Bible says is true? You know what I mean?
1: Well, I'm, okay, so I'm not saying... I, I, I'm stopping short of saying, you know, like, if, if Lecrae has, has worked through things, as an example, if Lecrae has worked through things and he has found that he believes the Bible and he believes what the bible says and maybe his understanding of things prior wasn't right and he's gone through this period of time considering what's true and what isn't and he's ultimately landing on what what scripture's a right understanding of scripture if that's what he did then I'm comfortable with that like I don't I don't have a problem with somebody going through a crisis period and trying to consider what is true and what isn't true and stripping away you know maybe preconceived notions or you know man's understanding of things and and coming and landing on what scripture says like like I you know I've done that I've done that personally where you know I it's not a situation where I would have ever said I was questioning my faith but but I have gone through periods of time where I have questioned things and ultimately land on what scripture says, right? And what's right and true. And I, and that, that ha, I mean, we live in a confusing world. And so even in, you know, even in the church and Christian, in Christian, Christendom, if you will, using that term, even in that, even in our world, there are a lot of confusing things and a lot of things that you, that make you go, hmm, that doesn't seem right. And so, you know, there are, t- there are many times that I stop and I go, Okay, what is true? What is right? What is good? And I go, I go to Scripture to find that right, and and I and I find my I find my solace in Scripture, in the truth. And so I'm there's a constant stripping away of the things that aren't true, you know, and and you know, thinking through what is my what, what is my faith? What is it even? What what am, what's my faith in? Is it in you know the church? Is it in a certain denomination? Is it in you know I, whatever what you know those things i'm re, i'm considering and trying to figure out and i'm doing that all the time i mean i'm constantly thinking through why i believe what i believe what's the source of what i believe why do i believe that to be true and and you and i guess you could consider that in some ways deconstruction because i'm i'm constantly reconsidering things and making sure that i'm you know that i'm where i need to be but i always land I, historically, and I trust going forward, I always land on Scripture. I always land on, you know, what is the truth? What, and What is my source of truth? Whereas, you know, what you're saying and, you know, the way that that's being framed is, is that, you know, they land on what they believe is true. Well, yeah, I mean, if that's where you're going, then ultimately... Ultimately, if you find your sor- the source of truth in yourself, that's problematic, and and that's going to be based on the whim whim and emotion, and you're gonna you're gonna be all over the map. I mean, you're gonna be yeah. you know the James one, tossed to and fro uh, kind of guy, and and I think that's something we need to avoid.
0: Yeah, and that and that, this is what I this is where I struggle with is is when they say things like okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deconstruct, so I'm going to stand back. I'm going to analyze what the Bible says. Does it match with what I believe? Because I've heard, I've heard a deconstructionist say this very words. They said, I can't believe that it's true. That, can you believe that people who are believers would actually believe that one day we would stand in front of Jesus, and he would actually say to anybody, get away from me, I never knew you. Why would Jesus gaslight us like that? It doesn't make any sense. That can't be true. So they take that part out of the Bible, and they that's what they do. They go through things like that to see what is true and what is not to themselves. And I, what I'm trying to say is that I, I don't think you can. It, it, the Bible's not like a buffet, right? You can't just go no, pick things. No. I like this and don't. I like mean,
1: it. I think the proper way to do that is if it's something that's not sitting right with you. Like if I, if I, like, let's take that passage. If that doesn't sit right with me. I need to, I need to revisit that passage and make sure that I actually understand what he meant there. Right. I mean, I, I, that's my first, my first inclination has to be, if something doesn't seem right, the first inclination is maybe I believe something wrong about it. Like I have a, like I have a wrong understanding of what was actually intended there. And so unfortunately, with somebody like you're describing they're, they have a wrong inclin potentially have a wrong inclination about what was what's being said and what jesus intent is and they're saying oh I don't believe that because it doesn't fit with my worldview it doesn't fit with what mm-hmm. i believe and therefore i need to i just need to ignore that and that you can't do that i mean you have to yeah. i mean it ha- there's a constant process of being i know you know ephesians 5 we're supposed to wash our wives in the word but there's a constant process of being cleansed by the word of being of having our minds and hearts changed by the word such that when I do have things that I struggle with I actually go and 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 I find the source and I actually try to work through what I try to do is work through what that actually it means, and so you're going to have to take this on faith to a certain degree, because you know you have to realize, recognize whether or not you believe the words on the page. And ultimately, I believe them. I can't fully understand them. I they're they're beyond understanding, it, you know, to the finite mind, you know how Christ can be fully man, fully God. I mean, yeah, we see it. We see the truths. We believe the truths, but at the same time, it is a matter of faith. But But I think that you know to to I think it's dangerous. It's dangerous to say, "Well, I don't, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me." So I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna ignore that, or I'm gonna you know rip that out of the Bible. It doesn't exist because that's because that's actually you know where we get heresy and and that's where we get people that are not walking according to the truth.
0: Yeah, and and those are those are some of the most terrifying words in all the Bible. Absolutely, and they're there for a reason. And to just have them say, "Well," that's you know that's ridiculous why would jesus ever say anything like that there is a reason for that like you said you need to dig and find out why mm-hmm. instead of just saying well it doesn't fit i don't it doesn't fit my my version of christianity and that's where we get in trouble is there's so many different versions of christianity i have my version you have your version and let's just all get together because we we all love jesus so let's just put everything else behind us well but there is there is doctrine and there's theology that have to fit as well with which Jesus are we walking with. My, my next question would be, is there a way to, to understand if someone is truly saved where they could say, look, maybe I... I," Because the Bible talks about only, only, those, only believers can really understand Scripture, right? Because it's the Holy Spirit that teaches us what it's saying mm-hmm. and applies it to our lives. So if you're not saved, all this stuff is probably not going to make sense, right?
1: Well, I think... Yeah, I mean, so your question is, is: there a way to understand if somebody's truly saved? I think perseverance is the is the only way to know. When somebody perseveres to the end, that's that's the only way to ultimately know. So now I'm not what I we have to recognize Galatians five. There's the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, self control, kindness. I mean, those those fruits of the spirit that we can look and we can see a person exhibiting and say, yeah, that person. That person is, is exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. Therefore, it seems like that they're saved. But ultimately, the only way to ultimately know whether or not I'm saved, you're saved, or anybody else is saved, is whether or not we persevere to the end and are proclaiming Christ at the end. And and that's the, ultimately the only way. And, you know, Peter kind of, the Apostle Peter really kind of hits that, you know, that he says in uh, 1 Peter 1 verse 6, in this you greatly rejoice even though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials then he says this so that the proof of your faith so that the proof of your faith and you could you could actually translate that so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold which is perishable even though tested by fire may be found to the result to result in praise, glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's I mean so when is the revelation of Jesus Christ going to occur? When, you know, at judgment. And so so ultimately, I mean I, I'm going to be he's going to be revealed to me. And so whenever that when the the result of my faith is that i will be that i will stand before the lord and i will and i will see see him for who he is i will praise give him praise i will give him glory i will honor him whenever that happens that happens when i see him and so so but but let's go back to that faith piece the faith is tested by fire so but ultimately it's the genuineness of the faith that is revealed by fire and so if i persevere to the end then it's the genuineness of my faith that that ultimately is going to be shown. Now it's interesting, you know, as an example, you know, it in James chapter 2, he talks about Abraham and he says in James 2 he talks about Abraham's faith and he he talks about in James 2 he goes you know James goes through this whole faith without works is a dead faith and and you know you show me you have you have uh, you, some will say you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. And, and then he goes on and he t- uses Abraham as an example. He says, was not Abraham justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the, on the altar? You see his faith, that faith was working with his works as a result of the works, faith was perfected. But then he says this, and this is the key, verse 23. Verse 23. This is James 2:23. and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, "And Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness." And he was called the friend of God. Now here's the question What that the whole thing Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness is actually in Genesis 15, well, that's 156. So Abraham believed God and it was credited as righteousness in Genesis 15. What chapter in Genesis did he take Isaac up on the mountain to sacrifice him? Genesis 22. Well, but my point is, is that 15 occurs before 22. Yeah. So he actually had the faith prior to taking Isaac up on the mountain. And so what James is saying is, is that mm. the fact that he had faith was fulfilled in 22 when he showed that he had faith. Mm. Right? He showed it by his actions. He showed it by his works. But the faith came prior to his work. And so it wasn't, it's not as if it's not as if you have to have works in order to be saved. It's that the the, the true nature of your faith results in works. It results in good works. And it results in, in this situation, him being willing to sacrifice his son on the mountain. And so what what we what we see there is that true faith will always work itself out in works, but true faith will always persevere, no matter what. And so, when the true faith is tested, going back to Second or First Peter one, when true faith is tested, it is shown to be genuine faith, mm. right? Yeah. So, so I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, that is a good way to understand if yeah. someone is true. Well, ultimately,
1: said. ultimately, your question is how do you know? if someone is truly saved it, yeah. their their faith is shown to be genuine by by trial by fire but also they persevere to the end
0: well and this leads to some of these questions that I was going to throw at you to figure out what what is causing this this christian deconstructionism and I was going to throw some of these at you and see what you think could it be that some of that is is the fact of weak preaching and teaching by by so many churches out there today
1: well, that I think that's why I mean we talk about the Christian artists that are. I think that's why that they are, you know, been one of the biggest groups of of falling away because, because they're not getting sound doctrine. I mean, they're they're part of churches that have such a huge focus on the music, on quote unquote worship, but isn't that it, that is really just focused on, on, you know, the the outward, you know, basically the music part of it, basically the 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 show part of it. And so these churches are not they're not preaching sound doctrine. And because that's not their focus, their focus is to get people in the door, and they do that because they realize that people love music and they want to be, you know, in that in that scene. Yeah. And there's a there's an absence of sound doctrine. Yeah, it's it's problematic and 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 so when something happens that challenges their faith, then they have nothing to fall back on. They don't have sound doctrine to fall back on, and so what they find out, in many cases, is that they're not really truly a
0: Christian. It's a Christian. It's a Christian entertainment mentality of, let's take Bible stories and kind of hip them up and make them cool and yes. But it's, you're right. It's not. There's not a. There's not a heavy doctrine, theology, anything in there would it be could you say that uh, false assumptions would lead to false doctrine is that is that a hundred percent of the case
1: well I think yeah I mean definitely yeah definitely we if we have a false assumption about who God is and and you know what the Bible says and if we have you know if we have some false uh, a false understanding of that then yeah that's going to lead to, to doctrine and it's not that's not correct
0: and that's my next question is is uh, is some of this Christian deconstruction—you uh, just kind of said it—a misunderstanding of who God really is.
1: Yeah, it's definitely that. I mean, he's I think
0: that's—he's an inch taller than us. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that's the center of the of the whole problem, is that they don't really understand the holiness of God. They don't really understand who He is and why He saved us, and you know what he's what he's accomplishing in the world, and so the focus is something completely different than, than what really Scripture teaches. And they don't know that because they're not really being exposed to you know, good, solid preaching and teaching in the churches they're in.
0: Tozer's quote, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so if you have a high view of God, there's, there's a high view of everything, Scripture. and But if you have a low view of God, I've heard someone say that, you know, man is so self-centered that God is like a half an inch taller than man. We forget how God is so yes. vast. And and then he said, we also have, now we have inch big inches, uh, inch crosses that we can wear around our neck, and we, we can bring the cross down to that size. That's how big the gap was between God and man, mm. whereas the, the gap is mm. so vast, you can't even see it. Yes. And so, so, when you understand that, yeah. it it things start to come into perspective.
1: Well, and I think you know, going back to even weak preaching and teaching in these churches, I think the other the other issue that we're seeing a lot of is is people who are getting their basic understanding of, of Christianity and and the Bible through the internet, and mm-hmm. you know, there's there you know YouTube preachers and and you know people who you know, they're, so they're not getting challenged. You know in a in a church setting they're not getting challenged with relationships and they're not getting challenged to walk their faith out you know with fear and trembling in the in the midst of an, of, of other people but they they've kind of frankensteined their faith together with you know this internet preacher that internet preacher and, and i'm so thankful that we you know we've mm-hmm. said it before we we're on the internet we have you know our sermons on the internet we have you know, presence on YouTube and, and Facebook and, you know, I'm thankful for that. But I mean, that is a, that is a great fear of mine is that, you know, we are just one of the voices of many and ultimately, you know, you've got, it, it depends on, you know, if somebody is really just sort of, you mentioned the buffet thing. I mean, they're sort of picking and choosing what they want to believe mm-hmm. and what seems right to them. And ultimately that's a, that's a recipe for, you know, impending
0: disaster. I don't know if you see this but this is what I see when I look at I like am using air quotes Christianity today is that people are just taking Christ and adding him to their life and and the, it's almost like you were like we're talking about a buffet it's a recipe where this is big bowl of their lives and they and Christ is just another ingredient that they add into it they they're not there's no regeneration there's no anything else going on with it it's just let's add him to our lives and then yeah we're now we're Christians Sure.
1: And yeah, and, I mean, that's, I mean, Matthew 16 24. If anybody wants to follow me, let him take up his cross and follow me. And, and yeah. that taking up your cross is giving your entire life to follow him and, and to be with his people. I know I'm kind of jumping forward because, right, in that very context of that passage, he's talking about building his church. And so, you know, his church is, his church, his true church is going to be made up of those who have taken up the cross to follow him, who've given up their life, who, who, Want to give everything to him and follow him, and and yeah, I mean, if you got people who just want to add Christ to their life, that's not true Christianity. And as soon as something difficult comes along down the pike, they're going to be gone. You know, they're gonna they're gonna move on, and and that's just that's a it's it's sad, but it's true. And I think that's part of why we're at least part of why we're seeing this deconstruction thing right now.
0: It's a, it's the it's the question of what. Huh. How are we saved? Is it a decisionism, or is it regeneration?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, obviously, we we believe the Bible teaches regeneration. Yeah. That we we become a new crea- creature in Christ. And so...
0: Well, he, here's the thing I don't understand, is people will throw at you John 3.16, right? God mm-hmm. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And what does it say? All who believe in him shall be saved. Yeah, but who... If you take it in context, who's Jesus talking to He's talking to Nicodemus. Mm -hmm. What did he say to Nicodemus before that? He said, you must be born again. Mm. And Nicodemus is like, I don't understand. How can I enter my mother's womb? And then Jesus says, you're a Pharisee. You're this great teacher, and you don't understand what I'm saying. Mm. There, Jesus is, right in that moment, is talking about regeneration, right? There has to be a rebirth. Yes. I don't know why people can't combine that, too. They don't understand that. You see these progressive churches that are that's what they're teaching is that all you have to do is love Jesus and you're saved. You don't have to change your life or anything. He's going to love you just the way you are. I don't I don't un- I don't see that anywhere in scripture. So that's where I get frustrated.
1: Well, yeah, I mean it's not in scripture. I mean what you're saying is is there has to be a regeneration. You have to be born again. And being born again means that I'm I'm a new creation in Christ and you know that's it's in and, and that comes with true faith and so there's gonna there are a lot of people in this world right now who claim again using the air quote Christian claim to be air quote air quote Christians yeah I mean I, I think that that you know a lot of people are gonna find out you brought up you know the yeah. whole thing of standing before Jesus you know and he says you depart me from me I never knew you I think a lot of people are going to be in that position I mean it's sad I don't like it. I mean, obviously, it brings glory to God, because if it didn't, he wouldn't do it. But, you know, I, it it's something that that I think we're going to unfortunately see a lot of.
0: It's, again, that it's that old adage, uh, professing or possessing. Yes. And that's where it comes down to. So, all right, continuing on with some of these questions, do you think some of this deconstruction of Christians is happening because they're feeling the pressure, the scorn, the ridicule from the world, which is really bearing down... On on true oh, well believers. for
1: sure. I mean that's again going back. I mean I think the music industry, Christian music industry. I think that's a great example because these guys, you know that they they're 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 proclaiming Christ. They're doing so in such a way to get favor from the world, to be seen as good. You know, you know, they they want the fame. They want you know, and not every one of them. I mean, there's I mean, it's not as if every person in the christian music industry is bad but there are there are many in the christian music industry that that they want the fame that's what they've gone into for the fame and so when the pressure comes of you know things like the woke woke theology or you know like the situation in Minneapolis with George Floyd you know stuff that happens in the culture that that they feel like that they have to make a stand one way or the other, I think what they're finding is is that that they're standing. They either have to stand with the world or with the Bible, mm-hmm. and it makes it very difficult to try to stand in the middle and not and not be committal. Because the here's what's interesting: the world is not going to let them stand in the middle any more than Christ is mm-hmm. going to let them stand in the middle, right? I mean, there yeah. it there has to be a declaration of who I stand with. Do am I going to stand with the world? or am I going to stand with Christ and if you're not standing clearly with Christ that's the people he's talking about that he's going to they're going to stand in judgment and say lord lord and he's going to say depart from me because they didn't actually stand with Christ they tried to stand in the middle mm-hmm. and they they tried to have it both ways and you know he clearly in that same passage says that there's only two paths and there's the path that's wide that leads to destruction and there's the narrow path and you know they obviously are not on that narrow path and so that gets that gets revealed when the pressure increases to accept the things of the world such as you know the the whole transsexual movement homosexual movement you know the the that whole thing and and so you know Christians try to reconcile that with what scripture says and they try to twist scripture and they try to but it doesn't work it doesn't fit it there's no you know it, these things don't go together, and and so then they're forced to make a decision, and to avoid scorn, to re, to avoid ridicule, they go they go to the world, and they try to you know capitulate to the
0: world. How about some that some people that grow up in legalistic churches and legalistic families, they never experienced maybe the true gospel.
1: Yeah, we we you know the the Duggars are a good example of of that situation where you know. The, they're raised incredibly legalistically and they come to the end of their childhood and they they're on their own and now all of a sudden they're having to make their own decisions. They're exposed to the world and and they never they never experienced the true gospel. They never they never had faith. And so, you know, many of those people fall away because they don't want it's too hard to try to live that legalistic life, especially when the world is beckoning them. And so they fall back into those. Well, they fall into those worldly ways because it's, it feels so good, especially, especially if they're in this incredibly legalistic environment that, that you know that they can't have many of the things that they feel like they want and need, so to speak. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean that's a big, that's a huge problem. It's a it's a massive problem that you know, especially in legalism. You know where there's a legalistic approach to the gospel the, the the danger there is that they would that they would see that restricted they would see those restrictions and see those as, as something that would hold them back and whenever they are exposed to the world then they they go to the world and that's yeah that's a that's a huge danger and i think that's probably a lot of the deconstruction is happening and that's just a misunderstanding of the gospel. It's a misunderstanding of of what the gospel is and you know it's you know it so so many people think of the church and they think of something that's going to restrict their fun. You know, I can't I can't have fun anymore and I can't I can't be, do this or do that. It's all about I can't. I can't. I can't. They don't recognize the joy of the true gospel. You know that that actually true joy comes from knowing the mm. creator of the world through Christ.
0: That's true. You kind of touched on this already. Could some people who have been influenced by, we talked about the liberal social justice or the critical race theory myth, people have become disenchanted with it because of the curse. They hear about the curse of the sin all the time and that there there's going to be, because of sin, there's going to be injustice in our world. And But they, they want something else. They want to change it. They want to try to make it better.
1: Well, absolutely. and And it's a huge misunderstanding of what the nations are. And you know what I, I I don't even the Bible doesn't teach race right um, you know there's only one race the human race uh, there's only uh, we don't have multiple races uh, there isn't there's no such thing in the sense of race there's no such thing as black white there's no such thing that way it's it's nations that that and and how God distributed people over the earth based on you know the Tower of Babel and that sort of thing and so. So, you know, I think that's the misunderstanding that, and, and sadly, I mean, yes, there have been nations who have subjugated other nations. I mean, let's, let's face it, that's happened, and it's happened throughout history, but that's because of man's sin. That's because man's sin, you know, fallen nature is, makes him want to enslave others, and so, you know, for his own advantage, and, you know, that's a, that's a Romans 3 issue um, you know, that man is, a sin, is sinful and, and man is going to be judged by God because of his sin. Those things, when someone subjugates it, when, when one group of people subjugate another group of people, that's a sinful thing. Uh, but it's, a, it's, it's definitely a misunderstanding on both sides of what God's intent was. And, and so, yeah, when I understand it correctly, then I can deal with it correctly. And I understand that it's because of sin, and it's even because of the sin in my own heart that
0: needs to be dealt mm-hmm. with. Which leads me to the final the final uh, question: is that it, it really boil? If you boil all of it down, really, is it that people just love their sin more than they love the Lord, and so they they're kind of looking for a deconstruction way to continue to, to have both ways?
1: Well, we went yeah, we've kind of hit this, but yeah. I mean that's the whole sexual thing, you know, where I you know i I want to. I want to act out on my, you know, sin. Whether it be, you know, I want this woman that that the Lord says I can't have because she's not my wife, or I want, you know, or I want this homosexual relationship that that God forbids, and you know, or I want to live, you know, opposite of what my my, you know, I, I was born biologically male and I want to live as a female. You know, those kind of things happen because we're sinful, and they happen even among you know, the quote unquote, you know, air quote Christians, um, you know, that they, they, you know, fall for those lies. And so then they end up walking away from the Lord because they, you know, because the pressure gets, starts to mount and they realize that it's not compatible. And, you know, many times they will, I think we saw a video the other day of a woman who basically, uh, you know, she had this rainbow suit on and, and, or I don't even know what it was. And, you know, she's speaking all this, spouting all this stuff about God and how God's a woman and all these other things. So, you know, maybe some of them may find groups like that that they can fall into. And and but that, you know, that's not true faith either. That's just that's just something to put salve on their open wound.
0: Yeah, that's the buffet Christianity again. That yes. that fake.
1: Yeah, I can I can sort of take what I want and you know twist twist things around so that it makes so it fits my own personal worldview.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see that God almost is anything you want him, or he, he can be a she or whatever you want it to be, mm-hmm. which is not true.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's the unfortunately, it's our fallen nature, mm-hmm. and you know, that's the sin that dwells within us, and you know, and obviously, if there's no faith, if there's no true faith, that you know, the Holy Spirit restraining us, you know, there, there are things that I mean, I there are things I sinfully. It, you know, the sinful thoughts and sinful things and actions that I think of, and it's like I have to take those things captive to mm-hmm. Christ. I have to lay those things at His feet and, and forsake them because they're untrue, they're, they're, they're demonic, you know, and so I have, to, I have to constantly take those things captive to Christ. And, and, you know, these people don't have that. They don't have the Holy Spirit restraining them. And so when they want what they want, they want their sin, and so they they find a way to be able to justify that in their own heart
0: which is why Jesus said and there, there's going to be a time where he, people are going to say lord lord did we not do all these things in your name and he's going to say depart from me i never Absol- knew you absolutely
1: absolutely i mean that's it, the point it's a hard truth but it's <laughs> yeah. but it's it's a true truth
0: so. absolutely so in the end here can we finally say that that really I don't know how much, you want to say 99% or whatever the percentage is of these deconstructions were never really truly saved to begin with?
1: Well, I mean, if they, if they end up at the end of the day, like I don't, you know, I'm agnostic or atheistic or, you know, I don't believe, you know, they, they, they just come out and just basically say they, they don't believe. It's not that they ever believed, they never truly believed. It's just yeah. ultimately revealed who they truly are. I mean, so they're just acting out who they truly always were, you know, that, that it's been, they, they were a hypocrite and were acting, acting according to, you know, what they felt like that people wanted them to do. And, and, you know, according to what they felt was, was most expedient at the time, but then, you know, eventually their sin overtook and they just ended up basically being who they are, you know, mm. and that's who they always were.
0: So one last question, this is God losing to Satan? Is Satan confusing so many away from the truth? What do you think?
1: Oh no, God is not losing to Satan. I mean that—that's pretty clear. Um, God, you know that that Satan ultimately is a is a defeated foe. He was defeated at the cross. I mean I, that's Genesis three. I think that God, that Christ crushed Satan's head at the cross and that he's living on borrowed time, so to speak, you know, in this in our church age and, you know, leading up to the end. But ultimately, no, I mean, he's going to carry as many with him as he can, you know, into the lake of fire. There's going to be as many as he can, as many as he can take with him, but it's not as though God lost. God has chosen, you know, he, he's the one who's sovereign. And, you know, it's a, again, that's a difficult truth, but it's a true truth. I mean, it's a, it's just because the truth is difficult, doesn't make it untrue.
0: It looks, it doesn't look great right now, but it's not. Doesn't mean Satan's winning, right?
1: No. Matter of fact, I would say that that it just means that God's victory is even closer.
0: There's so much confusion going yeah. on in the church and the in the world, really. So we can almost say that Satan is a lot like Florida State, right? Just kind of look good, you know, thirteen and zero. <laughs> and played played Georgia.
1: You're gonna start stepping on some toes here. <laughs> well, my gonna... my opinion my opinion is, is that Florida State, uh, prior to getting a, getting that you know, complete this, complete deconstruction by at the hands of Georgia, my opinion was that they were they didn't uh, belong in the playoff, and I think that that was they had. I think that the the playoff committee got it right.
0: Okay, well that's good. Well, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Christian deconstructionism. We don't there, like there, we don't want it.
1: There are a lot of Florida State fans that are deconstructing their, <laughs> their faith.
0: You've been listening to Fresh Bread, a podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.